listening to the podcast of minister, author, blogger, Marilyn Darty. Prepare yourself to fly above what you thought you knew and see things from a different angle. Be blessed by today's message. Hello, everyone. I am coming with a new word tonight, and I am... Once again, talking about how to be a great pastor's wife in a small church. And today I'm going to be talking about how to overcome the Jezebel spirit. How to overcome a Jezebel spirit. And that certainly is something that you need to know about as a pastor's wife. I have certainly heard my share of Jezebel sermons as a pastor's wife. And it's not what you think. First of all, there is an enemy out there that all of us are vulnerable vulnerable to. Its name is manipulation. It doesn't matter if you're a minister or a layman. At some point in time, you will have someone that will try to manipulate you, or you may even try to manipulate someone else for the purpose of self-gain. All of us are vulnerable to it either to manipulate someone or to be manipulated. It could be a feeling of emotion or for monetary gain, uh, for power or something else. But don't be fooled because there is a spirit behind it. And for clarity's sake, I'll call it a spirit of Jezebel. When people think of Jezebel, the most common thought of her was that she was a woman with heavy makeup on and wore lots of jewels. She was decked out in jewelry. And that was what I was referring to at the first. Because most of the time, um, when I was growing up, when I heard about Jezebel, that's all I heard about. Uh, The real Jezebel was so much more than that. She was a great manipulator. She was an evil queen that manipulated her weak husband, King Ahab of Israel. She was a Phoenician princess who was a co-ruler of Israel. She certainly was not a believer of Yahweh. When she was married to Ahab, she influenced him to have the people worship her God, which was not Yahweh. His name was Baal Melkart, and he was a nature god. She sought anyone's life who opposed her in any way. One of the most telling scriptures of her tactics with her husband uh, is found in a story in 1 Kings chapter 21. And I'll just paraphrase it by saying Ahab wanted to buy a piece of land from one of his neighbors, Naboth. He was a Jezreelite, but Naboth didn't want to sell. Ahab wanted it because it bordered his palace and he liked the convenience of its locale. He had plans for a vegetable garden, so why shouldn't the king be denied any pleasure? Naboth had a variety of reasons for keeping it, and one reason was that he enjoyed working his land and he enjoyed the fruit of his labor. He was reaping the benefits of his hard uh, work. Another reason is that in those days, land was tied to the family. It was used as an inheritance to give to his children. Land, back then, as it is today, was very valuable. It was used as money. It was handed down from one generation to another. It had more than monetary value to him. 
But the king's reason was more important than this commoner, the king reasoned. This man should be glad to get an extra dollar or two, but the man wouldn't budge. The land was not for sale. And so Ahab goes home so upset about his neighbor turning down his offer that he didn't eat that night. He went immediately to bed and he turned his face toward the wall and he pouts. So when Jezebel asked him what was wrong, he told her that his neighbor wouldn't sell to him and he offered a good price for it. Well, Jezebel comforted her husband, the Bible says, and told him, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry your little head about it. She'd take care of the situation. Well, she did all right. She didn't worry about offering more money for the property. She hired two thugs, two men to lie on Naboth and tell everyone that he had spoken against the king and against God. So the law was that if you spoke against God and you spoke against the king, that for one thing was treason. And if you spoke against God, that was blasphemy. And so both of those deals, one thing, treason was against the law and speaking against God, God was um, uh, blaspheming and that was death on both hands. So Naboth, they took him out and killed him. Problem solved. The Bible says in 1 Kings twenty-one twenty-five, But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. Manipulation is a wicked thing. It's selfish to the core. And I have seen manipulation in some form or other in some of the greatest people and in some of the craftiest people. I've seen children manipulate their parents. I've seen husbands manipulate their wives or wives manipulate their husbands. Parents manipulate their children. Members manipulate their pastors. I've seen pastors manipulate members and all of it to make sure that their agenda was followed. It all boils down to selfishness. Jezebel's agenda was to turn the people from Yahweh and turn them toward her God. Or consider the serpent in Genesis chapter 3. The Bible said that he was craftier than any beast of the field. He had an agenda. And that was to see that Adam and Eve were rebellious to the instructions of God. Well, of course you know who the serpent was. It was none other than Lucifer. His plan was to corrupt the man, the man, and the result being death to God's new creation. Manipulation doesn't seem like a trick when you're in the middle of it. That's the craftiness of it. It appears that people have your best interest at heart, but at the end of the day, the end result is always power. Take, for example, I was having a special event for our ladies one, one, time, one time at our church. I called the women together and asked if they wanted to bring a dish and have potluck at an event we were having, or at this special occasion, did they prefer to have it catered? I explained that I had contacted a company that agreed to cater our event for a very reasonable price. It was so reasonable that most of us would get it get by with less money by paying the caterer to fix it rather than, than what it was going to cost me or them to fix it ourselves. And so we discussed the matter. 
to a certain degree, and the ladies decided that since it was a dress-up affair, that they wanted to have it catered rather than cooking before a banquet. It would be a night of leisure and enjoyment. And there was a few women who didn't want it catered because they had more than one ticket to buy, which would not make it cost-effective uh, for them, and I understood their reasoning for that. And so we all agreed that if anyone could not afford it, that we would offer them a discount because of the cost. Uh, we wanted everyone to come. And so as the event drew near, plans were being made and finalized, but I didn't realize that there was one woman in particular that was not happy with the vote. So she took it upon herself to start a campaign and call every member and persuade them to change their mind about the banquet and change it back to potluck. Well, by this time, I've already contacted the caterer, and he's already ordered the meat and hired his help. He had one fine, We had one final meeting before the banquet, and the ladies were to meet at the church for the final meeting on Monday night, and the banquet was to be that Friday. When I pulled into the parking lot on that Monday night, my heart skipped a beat because I was so thrilled. I had never seen our ladies' group so well attended. I was beyond thrilled. But my enthusiasm was short-lived because when we went through all of the business and came to the old business and I asked, was there anything we needed to say about old business, it became apparent to me why our, our uh, meeting was so well attended. Because the, the lady stood up, I should say Jezebel, or the Jezebel spirit stood up and said she'd like to to go over some old business. She wanted uh, to talk about what we talked about at our last meeting. She wanted to take another vote. And I told her that that was impossible. The members had already voted, and it was carried by majority rule that we were having the dinner catered. And so she began to explain to me that she believed that if we had another vote, that we would not have it catered, that the vote would go the other way. Now, just for clarity's sake, I let her explain to me and the ladies present why she wanted so badly to have potluck instead of catered, and, and of course it was because of the cost. And so I then told her that there was no reason for that, that we would take care of her ticket, and four of the other ladies volunteered for her and her girls, but she didn't want to take, she said she didn't want charity. I told her that we were not going to do the vote again. Because I, for one, was, would not uh, do the caterer that way. He had already ordered all of his meat and hired his help. And it was too late to cancel him. So when, And I also said, when you vote on something, when you make a decision, you need to stick to it. So she said, well, she wasn't going to come to the meeting, that her and her girls would just go to McDonald's and that they would come to our banquet after the meal was over. And I said, wait a minute, so you and your girls are going to go to McDonald's and spend $5 on your meal, which is what we were going to spend on our meal at the banquet, but you won't come here to spend the $5. I then saw her true colors, and everyone else saw the true colors as well. And then she stomped out the door. So, 
why was it, this is what I ask myself, why was it so important for her to have it her way? I've not figured that out to this day because it was only $5. Why was it so important for King Ahab to have Naboth's vineyard that it was worth killing a man for? These are questions only those doing the manipulating can answer. I will tell you this. It's all about power and who has it. When she saw that she couldn't change the vote, she was exposed that night in front of everyone. And once she was exposed, they soon left the church. This is how evil manipulation is. Manipulation is, I don't care who it offends, or how inconvenienced everyone is, I'm going to get my way. That was not a victory for me that night. I hope you understand that. I'm not happy about telling this story because I still love this woman and it still hurts me that she left the church. But you cannot allow yourself to be manipulated when you're in the right. And you need to recognize when you are trying to manipulate others. When you're trying to manipulate, let's say, your spouse, for instance. And that happens all the time. You need to check yourself. You need to say, am I manipulating a certain situation so that I can get my way? Are you crying, ladies? so that you can get your way in a situation, so that he'll feel sorry for you? Do you pout to get your way? Um, do you make your children feel guilty about situations so that you can get your way? Manipulation is one of those things that we can be guilty of and other people are guilty of all the time. It's a Jezebel spirit, and it can sneak up on anybody. I've been guilty of it. You've been guilty of it. Everybody has been guilty of it. It can happen to anyone, and I've had to repent over it. And I would dare say that all of us has had to repent over it. So we need to be very careful about that because it is an evil spirit behind it. I hope that it's been a, a help to you in some way. I have forgiven that woman. I really have. I truly have. And um, she's, she's my sister to this day. I love her. We are in fellowship with each other. And I hope that there are no hard feelings between her and I. I don't think there is. And uh, hopefully she's grown out of that. And hopefully I've grown out of it. So I just pray that as I've grown older, I've recognized manipulation in her, and I've also re recognized that I'm not above it as well. That there have been situations where I have manipulated people. I've had that Jezebel spirit upon me. So saying that, let's recognize it in ourselves and stop doing that. I hope you're blessed.
God bless you. Thank you. Hello, this is Marilyn. I'd like to ask you to consider joining me in prayer for the ministry of this podcast. The world has become more and more digital as we move into the future, which gives all of us a unique challenge to reach people we would never be able to reach through podcasts, streaming services, and social media. This generation is curious about the supernatural. If we deny the supernatural power of God to this present generation, we are missing a rare opportunity. The Bible said that the last day would be filled with religious people who love pleasure more than God and would have a form of godliness but will deny His power. That's why I call this podcast Biblical Teaching with a Bite because so many of my lessons have a way of grabbing you with the truth. I like to think of a bulldog biting down on something and not letting go. That's what I hope the Word of God does to you. If you're on board with me, why not consider supporting this broadcast by contributing each month or whenever you can. You can support this ministry through Venmo by downloading the app and then give to Marilyn-Darty-1 or you can give to paypal.me forward slash Darty. If that seems to be too difficult, you can always send it through the mail to Marilyn Darty. 104B General Manson Drive, Richmond KY 40475. Look me up on my website, MarilynDarty.com. You can order my books through my website or through Amazon. Don't forget, if you can't give anything, remember to pray that God would bless this ministry and send us a great harvest. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the broadcast. Mm-hmm.